Hello. Hello, Jess, and hello, people, and welcome to 361 Lifeline, episode six, which is called Plate Spinning. And we are going to make you laugh today, aren't we, Jess? Hopefully. We uh, we had slight guilt. Well, no, I said I didn't do guilt the other day, but uh, the last episode was heavy about alcohol. However, Jess, we had lots of really good feedback about it, so people really got a lot out of it. Yeah, we got a lot of good feedback too from people that listened. I did make a slight faux pas though. It is seven doubles you're allowed a week or 14 units. Ooh. Just as Jot that down, everyone. But yeah, um, I, I kind of, uh, I was slightly nervous about putting out something so heavy, but it, it is it was needed, it was important, and um, it's still out there if you haven't heard it yet, episode five alcohol. But today we thought, okay, times are difficult the troubled times so we'll, we'll have a lighter episode um about self-care but we've called it plate spinning so what we're going to do is we're going to share some self-care tips with you we're really thankful and slightly excited that we've had four people send their self-care tips so thanks very much everyone for those and um We'll be talking about um, your fantastic ideas as we go along. And then we're going to share some funny times when it all went wrong for us. And believe me, I've got loads. I don't know about Jess, but I've got <laughs> eight off the top of my head. And um, then we're going to look at plate spinning. We're going to look at how you can adult, how you can um, actually go about your daily business and try and not so much fit in, but prioritize self-care. And we're going to have a look at how you might order that. So how you might order your life so that you can you can spin several plates, not necessarily all of them, but uh, how you can use self-care in that way. So, um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to this, aren't we, Jess, I think. Uh, and uh, just wondering, Jess, if you want to kick it off with uh, any. I mean, I've thought of three self-care tips that I just absolutely love. And uh, it doesn't have to be three, but maybe you can share with listeners uh, some of your self-care tips. Um, I've, I've definitely thought of a couple because I've now got time to actually do self-care. My life's pretty chaotic when I'm not in lockdown, so it's not normally something I really majorly prioritise. But um, the first one that I've definitely started doing is, you know, more of a grooming ritual. So when I get out of the shower, I just cover myself in body butter and feel amazing for about an hour. And it is kind of wonderful actually being able to spend time on myself in that way because it's something I normally end up neglecting and do you have any videos of that Jess um, <laughs> uh, ah okay um I've got a nice mental image there so what other things what other self-care tips baking good food uh definitely putting more effort into what you eat where uh, everything that we consume impacts us and taking time to cook a good meal especially if you're living with someone like cooking for my housemate helps like motivate me to put love into the food so I put more consideration into what I'm cooking oh that's really nice yeah well last Sunday or was it Monday after Sunday might have been Monday I did a video called breakfast with one of my old school friends and we used to do this thing where we'd have pancakes and listen to the scissor sisters while making the pancakes so we decided to do a breakfast date so I made him pancakes from scratch using my mum's like really old recipe from when she was a chef and I did them with caramelized bananas 
and it was amazing oh so that's a really good tip for listeners you know i like what jess is saying here about love going into the food so um maybe you could uh, cook yourself something nice i mean this is reminding me of uh, the last few years where i've lived on my own and i actually for the first time started to cook for myself and and sit down and and have like a nice meal with myself if i know that might sound strange but it actually did me a lot of good because i just used to drink instead of having food but then i kind of i think i read it somewhere and i thought oh you know that sounds stupid in my cynical ways and then i did used to sort of make you know myself a nice bowl of pasta and uh, just sit down with it and maybe sometimes even light a candle and just and just kind of um I don't know is this naff I, I liked it anyway no, but I wouldn't say that's naff at all um again pre-lockdown I'd occasionally take myself out to dinner somewhere nice like it's really not naff you know food is important in so many ways it's also a loaded subject when it comes to mental health because there are so many mental health issues that impact our eating behaviors like and that's without you know considering eating disorders and just taking the time to put effort into something you're cooking and because you know it's like when you live with your parents and you end up with all these food hates because everything's cooked to mush or you experience negative things with certain foods when I went to uni I discovered I really liked aubergines if I grilled them first they're absolutely delicious grilled aubergine is amazing you know it's a good thing to do because you put creativity into it you put thought into it and you create something so it's not just mindless consumerism you're actually creating something that you can then enjoy I like this idea of self-care and obviously at the moment listeners uh, you know if you're like me I've just had sardines on toast which I haven't had since I was a kid you know we've got to kind of put a little bit more creativity into uh, what we've got left in the cupboards Um, but I'm just going to share my uh, top three self care tips now thanks for that Jess and mine are number one nature um I've lived by the sea and I think I credit it with uh with along with my sobriety in my recovery um and I learned to sit alone living by the sea and it didn't have you don't have to live by the sea you don't all have to move there now but um you've got to find a little space doesn't matter even if it's a garden or a public park and uh You just start to notice things in nature, the sea or a forest or a garden, whatever it is, you get like micro. So you notice the small things, especially at the moment in spring. And this might sound hippie, but it really works. So it's it's to this idea that you are only one of these things in creation, especially when you're by the sea, you realize how small you are because it comes in and out twice a day, whether whatever's happened you know like my dad died the tide still came in and out twice a day um and so you can go and walk in nature or wherever you've got and you can't say there isn't anywhere there'll be somewhere somewhere uh, and you can it might be a shared space but you can actually get perspective if you're really stuck in a flat and you can't you're not allowed to go out at the moment then you can get out through the window so um one of my lines in my poem now we leave through windows is one of my favorite lines I ever wrote because it just it just explains this idea of escaping out through a window into just staring out so that's my number one nature number two morning pages uh so um 
I've got an actual course that I'm going to roll out for free soon, 361 Pages. And the basis of it is morning pages. So every day, get up, journal, write, never read it back. I've been doing it for three years and I can't read the writing now. It's just a scribble. But it resets my thought processes. It allows me to talk to myself and as a best friend. And it gives me intimacy with myself. Not in that way. Intimacy with myself. First time ever. So, you know, I can be really honest with myself in those pages. Pull myself up. I don't have a best friend. So I do what a best friend what I'd love a best friend to have done for me over the years or a husband. They just didn't. I do it myself in these morning pages. And it is bloody brilliant, Jess. And gonna write yeah, it's just fab. And th that's going to be coming out that uh, 361 pages out into prisons, actually, but also to, uh, to us on the outside. And number three connects to our track, music. Jess, I like naked dancing, you know. Music is such a huge one as well. Like most of my days are broken up into various soundtracks of artists. Is that is a pretty good, pretty good choice. And naked dancing, you can't really beat it. <laughs> so uh, we're going to cut to some music, and I'd like everybody to have a go at this. Well, you know, Spotify only gives you thirty seconds, so you, if you start stripping off now, you'll be fine. And do a bit of naked dancing. And uh, do you know what? Jess, I used to live, uh, we used to have a really big trampoline in our garden and a very low hedge. And uh, I used to trampoline naked. That sounds amazing. Yeah, the, the neighbour was in, in his 80s. He was called Ozzy. Uh, you know, I think I've always had mental health problems because it took me ages to realise that he could see me over the fence, you know. <laughs> have you got the visual image? It's a pretty strong visual image. It's a pretty brilliant one. So trampolining naked is another great self-care tip. Uh, so, yeah, please, everyone, we're going to actually put these tracks onto a Spotify playlist. So if you can't if you can't dance naked in 30 seconds now, then look out for that and it will be some great tracks to do it too. So here it is. It's peanut butter jelly. Go for it. Hi, I'm Tina. My self-care tip is to whack on some amazing music and dance to let your body move and flow how it wants to. I find it's a great way to move all the stagnant and stuck energy that you're holding within your body and also to release that energy. This helps me to ground myself and it really heightens my vibrations and it makes me feel fantastic. If you don't already do this, give it a go. Hi, so a self-care routine that works for me is... Um, I think quite a common one is just having a bath um, like and what I tend to do is I'll put some kind of bath salts or some lavender oil some nice bubble bath that kind of thing um, and then I leave my phone out I don't take it in the bathroom with me I turn it on silence so if it rings 
I won't hear it. Um, and then I'll take a book in and I'll read a book in the bath. And I find that is the best way for me to unwind and kind of clear my head and feel more relaxed. Hello and welcome back to 361 Lifeline. I'm Alice Smith and with Jess. Hi, Jess. Hi. Yes, Jess Hawks. We thought not the trusty sidekick, but Poison Ivy last time, didn't we, Jess? I definitely think that is a dynamic that sees us Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, definitely. Is Harley Quinn the sort of person who would bounce naked on a trampoline, do you think? Probably. (laughs) Maybe with explosives but yeah it would be up there (laughs) well we're we're 361 lifeline we're on episode six and it's called plate spinning and we've been sharing our self-care tips so um thanks very much to tina who also shared with us how dancing works for her she didn't went mention being naked jess but she did say that she might be you know and she she said she loves having a dance we also had zara who was talking about having a bath and uh Oh, I I was in a flat. My last flat had a bath and I just used to disappear in there for hours with some salts and some candles. Um, If if you've got a bath in your bathroom, Jess? Yeah, I do. We we don't have a plug for it, though. So we have to do this thing where you put a tea towel in a bag and then sit on that while it (laughs) fills. It's so worth it at the end. It's a nice, deep, huge bath, but it's finding a bag and a tea towel at the time. Oh, my God. You know what? We sh- This should not be a podcast. This should be YouTube, and we should be practising and showing everybody all these things on naked body butter dancing <laughs> after sitting on a tea towel in a bath. I think we'd get more viewers. I definitely think it's up there with options. <laughs> So uh, I really miss my bath, uh, but Zara is still enjoying a bath. So if you if you do have a bath, people, you probably already know it's great. The only thing with that is if you've got young kids, they always want to come in and do a poo. And uh, we all know that that's going to happen. So you're going to have to decide whether, you you know, the best, which which you want. Do you want to clean up the mess that they've done or do you want to let them in? Uh, but, yeah, and uh, then we had. Um, oh, no, we didn't. We're going to have Nona. We're going to come on to Nona later. Um, but we're going to go over now to uh, things that went wrong with self-care. So me and Jess have had a chat and we've decided to trade self-care disasters for your pleasure and entertainment. So come on, Jess, let's see who's going to win this. OK, I could think of three ridiculous ones. I'll read out the titles you can pick. So there's 3 a.m. stress baking, shaving versus epilating in the first time I waxed. Or bleaching my hair for the first time. The waxing thing. The waxing thing, because that's a kind of theme for uh, self-grooming. I hate this term. It's a kind of thing, because later Zara is sharing how uh, she's saying, how can you actually go to the hairdressers for self-grooming and a treat when you have bleach on your scalp? Um, So, yeah, the, the shaving one, please. Okay, we'll, we'll start with the first time wax. So uh, for just for some background info, it's a bit weirdly personal, I suppose. I epilate my legs because every time I've tried shaving, I take a chunk out of my ankle. I have cut like my fingers open so many times. It's ridiculous. I just cannot. It, it's always the ankle. I don't know why. It's just the weird angle. Oh, no. 
So uh, I'm purely masochistic and go for the appellating. But um, yeah, the first time I ever experienced female grooming, you know, in terms of like proper grown-up female grooming, it was buying feet wax strips. I don't know if you've ever done it, Alice, where you get the wax strips that you apply to your leg yourself and then you rip them off. You don't know me well. I don't shave. I've actually got man armpits now and I like them. But yes, carry on. We're giving more and more images for our mm -hmm. listeners here. So you can buy strips to take the hair off, can you? Okay, thanks for telling me that. This is something I did when I was, I think I was 15, the first time I attempted big girl grooming. Um, not pleasant. So I sat in the bath, I put them on. You know, you, you put on the wax strip, you lovingly apply it, it feels quite nice, and then you go to pull it off. Nobody tells you how much that hurts. So cue screaming, a little bit of crying, half the wax strip has come off. And I managed to kind of soak the rest of the paper, at least, off. And I had to kind of run downstairs to my stepmom at the time and ask her, like, how do I get the wax off? And she thought I'd bruised all up my leg because it left this like dark blue kind of wax that looked very bruise-like and just one leg, you know, semi-waxed, rest of it completely normal hairy leg syndrome. And I had a wax patch on my leg for about three months because <laughs> it takes a while to <laughs> I hope the people that, um, that are listening have enjoyed that. And I want, I want to take that story and raise you a Brazilian so I used to have this, I say I don't shave now anything, but, uh, you know, that's just part of my, where I am in my uh, rebellion and celibacy. But I used to have a total Brazilians <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and why, how can this be self-care? But it, I thought of it as such and every single hair had to come off. And then we used to have these really weird conversations while she was doing it. And then I don't know if anybody's listening's had a Brazilian, but you have to sort of go on all fours and crouch at one point. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. And um, also, let's just bring in eyebrow threading. How can that be self-care? I absolutely hate eyebrow threading. And um, I used to have lovely, big, thick eyebrows and I succumbed to to. Um, some really dodgy eyebrow threading and they, they seem to have disappeared now and uh, I always think thick eyebrows look intelligent so um, every time I have had my eyebrows threaded the woman would always look at my top lip in judgment and go uh, would you like to have your lip done it's really hairy <laughs> and I used to think no because I used to think I want a hairy top lip but I'm having it and then it used to always end really badly and um, yeah, so so there used to be sort of a very difficult atmosphere leaving because I used to walk away with red eyebrows and and my hairy lip apparently. <laughs> that's, that's rude. Like I'm quite fortunate in that my eyebrows aren't too bushy, so they don't require grooming because I would have to fill so much of them in. But. Yeah, it's it's weird how far we go for the sake of self-care and some of our grooming habits, it definitely Well, I, you know, I, I sort of have a rebellious hairy top lip and I'm not going to do anything about it. I don't shave my armpits now or legs, but I don't know how we've got here. But just pretend I didn't say that, everybody. Um, although I, it does lead on to another funny story about uh, when I go to aqua aerobics, I, I feel the social stigma of not being able to raise my hands above the water because my armpits are so hairy now. 
<laughs> give us one more. Give us one more story or two. Come on, Jess. Okay. So three a.m. stress baking is probably the next kind of good one. So during uni, in intense periods of projects, I'm currently doing something similar, but it's not for uni. So it's again just masochism, where I'm turning a bedsheet into a ruffled petticoat. It hits a point where your brain goes a bit wonky because you get so engrossed in what you're doing and you're so aware of like deadlines and how far you've got to go and what you haven't done. And it just gets overwhelming. So I used to do this thing where at 3am I'd down tools and just bake something. It would be brownies, cupcakes, anything. This one time we'd managed to get hold of some black cherry jam from I can't remember which brand, but it was delicious. And I decided I was going to do a Black Forest Gatto cake. So bake the cake, it comes out perfect. Apply the jam because it comes out perfect. Uh, completely forgot how much icing sugar goes in buttercream and decided that buttercream was the way forward. Make the buttercream, apply it, put the cake together. Cake looks really pretty. It looked amazing. Two bites in and I fed one of my unfortunate housemates this monstrosity of a cake and all you can taste is butter. Just an overwhelming, and it doesn't work. Savory margarine with all the chocolatey, go- no, 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 no. That is brilliant. But, you know, I'm thinking like all our listeners are, you're baking at 3 a.m. Okay. But, you know, there's something about 3 a.m., isn't there? We keep coming back to this. We'll have to do a podcast called 3 a.m. because it is the dark night of the soul. And I'm sure I'm sure cake could help. Chronic insomnia. What else are you going to do? Stare at your ceiling and wonder why you're awake. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be it. But um, we may share some later because we've both got more. But for now, Je- uh, Jess, what's your track? Uh, my first track is Ikea by Jonathan Colson. And I think it encapsulates a lot of different aspects of life all wrapped up in Ikea, which, let's face it, for some people would be self-care because it's full of brilliant things. None of which you need, but it's still so brilliant. So if people are still naked listening to this, can they? is it one that we can dance to? Definitely. Okay, people, swing everything you've got. Here it is. Hi. So one thing that I always thought a lot of women kind of do as self-care is go and get their hair done I think that's something like quite stereotypical almost um but whenever I used to go I could never understand how it could be a self-care um regime because I would go in I'd sit down I'd have to take my glasses off so I couldn't see what was going on I'd have my hair bleached every time so my scalp was literally on fire and red (laughs) and felt like I'd been dragged through a hedge backwards um and the whole experience I just found so like stressful. And by the end of it, I had to sort of put my glasses on and hope that something good had happened because otherwise, what was the point of all of that? So that was something that I always found a really odd experience, I guess, that other people should find relaxing, maybe. So a coping mechanism that I've used before that I'm using now we're in the lockdown 
um, is to write 10 things that I'm struggling with um, and then 10 ways that I can cope with those things. Because I think it's hard for us to cope if we don't know the specific things that we're having trouble with. So, for example, my number four, I wrote constant discussion of news and negativity. And then my coping mechanism for that would be to avoid discussion of the news or negative content and try to replace it with creativity. Um, Another one would be uh, number 10, feeling claustrophobic. And then my coping mechanism um, is spending as much time as I can outside, sitting by my window um, and getting fresh air. Hello and welcome back to part three of 361 Lifeline, episode six, Plate Spinning. And we hoped you had, um, you swung everything you did have and you danced naked. And we hope that this podcast is becoming self-care for you. <laughs> we haven't really met, mentioned humour and laughing, have we, Jess? But, you know. But in times like this, a sense of humour is important. It really is. I mean, uh, it, it's, you know, we you say you're supposed to laugh every day and, and sometimes you just think, oh, there's nothing to laugh about. But actually, you know, there's some really strange things to laugh about in really dark times. You, you think back to, well, um, I've been to quite a few funerals recently and even though they're dark, there's always like something really funny as well. <laughs> so you can always find something to laugh about. I, mean, I don't mean laughing at funerals. I just mean that human nature will always provide a, something to laugh about in the day. So, um, yeah, uh, we're just going to have a, a little go at Nona's um, tips that we she has this really good activity. So thanks, Nona. We're just going to do this on air now. We're going to try it. And we're hoping, listeners, that you'll have a go at it later. So there's a few activities coming out to you in this section uh, because it's called plate spinning. And it's about how can we adult? It's all very well saying self-care, having a life coach or whatever else you do. But then you've got to live your daily life as well. And at the moment, don't know about you, I'm finding it really hard. So how can we um, have our self-care strategies and do things like pay bills, walk the dog, go shopping, go to work or anything that we have to do that we don't have choice of? So Nona gave us her um, activity, Jess, and it's really good. She was just explaining how she writes down 10 ways that she might Sorry, they write down 10 ways that they might be struggling. And then next to each one, they write down a coping mechanism in their words, which I like that. Uh, I like the idea of self-care being a coping mechanism. Thanks for that, Nona. So they write down the coping mechanism next to what they're struggling with. So if you're listening out there, maybe you can do this with us. So think of three things that you're struggling with and me and Jess maybe we'll just share one because we've we've shared enough haven't we really of our lives Uh, and then we've got to think of what coping mechanism so list the coping mechanism for it and later on maybe you could do all 10 or maybe you can pause it and do 10 so I'll just have a little go now and then I'll see if Jess has got anything so I would say I am struggling with um I'm struggling with, oh gosh, (laughs) now, now I'm really wondering about this. I think I'm struggling with getting up in the morning. So I would say my coping strategy is that I'm doing these daily vlogs on YouTube. And what I do is I roll over 
and I find it and I upload it to YouTube. And then I have, I actually write my morning pages. And this is before I get out of bed. So they're my coping strategies. I don't think I could cope without either of those. Um, so that's just a little one for mine. And I think later on, I'm going to do 10. Um, like, um, that's a really good point and a really good way to look at getting out of bed. I think it gives you a day purpose. Yeah, it's kind of, it, I literally do roll over and I have the pen and the paper there. Um, so taking Nona's uh, idea, Jess, anything to share? Um, my One of my main ones at the moment is anytime I have to go to the shop, I find it utterly terrifying just because a lot of people don't understand the two meter thing really don't and I had an incident with um a woman on the way into Aldi where she got quite aggressive and it's just terrifying I don't want a cat fight trying to pick up some bread but my main coping mechanism for it is I have a face mask that I've made I've got a bag that I pack that contains things just for outside so it's got my house keys so I can leave them in the bag afterwards and not touch them for days on end I put in some hand sanitizer so that I can sanitize my hands like before the shop, after the shop, if I touch my face, if I have to take the mask off or put it on. Uh, my face mask goes in there, my shopping list, a pen, money and my phone case because that's got my, um, it's basically my wallet. So all of that just stays in a bag. So I know it's pre-done. So I know that I've got things that can protect me while I'm out. Just sounds really brilliant. So you've got you would have on your side shopping, struggling with, and then how would you summarize that then? I pre-prepare for my shop. Yeah, that's really great. Place. Um, and I just put something on my blog today, weirdly, uh, about I actually filmed myself as I was kind of hyperventilating in this mask outside the shop, and I. I sort of shared with people how I ground by placing my feet really far apart and pretending that I'm about to give a performance and grounding myself and calm. And I've shared it and it's actually me kind of being really anxious and then calming down. So even if it didn't help anyone else, it certainly helped me. So I like that idea of preparing really as well. I, I like your grounding method with the poem I shared in one of the previous podcasts it's something I do when I'm anxious out in public I change my posture and I broaden it out and stuff to give an air of being bigger than I am because it makes me feel more confident yeah and that's a really good well one. I used to I kind like of have to go out on stage as it as my stage shows got bigger and bigger I was going then I was in Edinburgh I was going out into big um venues that had a lot of riding on them and so it kind of felt like going up a level. So I, from a pub, you know, so I had to get this uh, grounding down and anybody who's done any performing will know what I mean, where you've got your feet stuck and you don't move at all. And then because you, you've got to throw your voice, so your power comes, but it's a transferable skill for grounding. But thanks, Nona, for, the, for that. And I'm going to ask Nona before the next one, if they I wonder if they go through it at the end of the day and see how well they did or not. Because uh, I think I would. Would you? I would sort of go, oh, yeah, well done. You did, you know, you did one, three and four well or something. Yeah, self-reflection and small victories. Definitely. Yeah, so um, 
maybe and let us know please if you try it and uh, you really like it send you know give us a voice clip we're going to put the voice clip we're going to get organized and put the voice clip out there at some point so that anyone can send it in and you can tell us how you got on but we're, we're actually on part three at the moment plate spinning um and we're gonna cut to jess in a minute for any more ideas about plate spinning we said earlier prioritizing you know uh, that idea of Obviously, me and Jess, we, we are a generation apart, uh, more or less. So we're going to give you our take on plate spinning from where we are in our age group and in our lives. And uh, this idea of, of adulting in midlife for me and uh, as a young woman for Jess. So, Jess, any tips for listeners? Adulting is such a strange term that we've all come up with the basic survival it's a really interesting one I definitely struggle with it because there are points where I don't feel adult enough to be involved in certain things or doing certain stuff I'd say a lot of the ways I cope is preparations a big one so when I'm up and running and healthy I go about a million miles an hour I'm juggling a lot of plates so it'll be things such as the gym then seeing friends, then work, then creative projects, helping with various other things with people, all kinds of stuff, all at once. And it is a lot. So prep work, make sure the gym kit's packed and ready to go for the morning. So at least then I don't have to worry about it. Put my washing on the night before. Make sure that I've got something to eat. Might not be amazingly nutritional, but something that I can cook quickly, things like that. Some of it is, you know, confronting things that you're terrified about head on, which is difficult and it's prioritizing where you put your energy expenditure. And I'd say some of it's also ritualizing behaviors. So once about every three to six months, I hit a point where I'm peopled out. I just, nope, you know, I've done too much. I'm exhausted. The idea of doing anything more is just exhausting. So I sit down on the sofa with my cat and I watch a film or I pretend to watch a film. I fall asleep and he gets all aggy with me because I'm not giving him enough cuddles. But we just have a night on the sofa, just me and the cat and everything stops for a minute. And that helps with the reset and rebalancing where I am, because a lot of the time we are all trying to juggle so many things. For some of you, it's going to be parenthood while running a career. Some of you, it's going to be balancing your mental health while doing your education. Some of it, it's going to be, well, during lockdown, most of us are trying to balance mental health and keeping motivated and out of bed. You know, so it's finding ways to make that easier. And pre-preparing is definitely one and ritualizing or making behaviors into habits because then it becomes something you do without thinking so it takes this like scariness aspect they're all brilliant and uh, I, I think of my mental health as a baby now since I was really mentally ill so I suppose I could split my life before and after that um, and I think I've had mental health problems since I was 30 actually but obviously um, without acknowledging them they just got worse and worse but yeah I think of my, my mental health as a child so uh, as you were saying one that's one of the plates but um for me if i don't if i don't have that plate spinning i will all the others are going to crash down um 
So I suppose as you're older, you possibly get a lot more responsibilities and you have responsibilities for people sometimes. And so you then have to think, right, you know, at the age I'm at, I've got to think my mental health's got to come before. And it's quite an odd feeling because you, you're sort of almost trained from the age that I come from, that you put other people first as a woman. And it's very odd and feels rusty to put your mental health first. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that makes complete sense. I think it's slightly different between the generations, but women are definitely expected to do more of the emotional labour in every interaction they have. Oh, you still think that that's the case? In some ways, um, if you look at issues a lot of women face, especially when they have a negative reaction and the reactions of society or people around them is usually why are you having a negative reaction? You should be more calm and patient. And the woman's normally put in months of trying to fix said problem, for example. It's it's a tricky Yeah, it one. is. And and this idea of mental it health, is. seeing as we're talking about our generations, you know, it's uh, it's not something that was mentioned when I was your age and when I just said that I probably had had mental mm. health problems since 30 it was still wasn't mentioned then so um I'm kind of backdating everything really and learning something that yeah. maybe it, it's a bit ironic that this podcast we're sharing things that I I didn't have I suppose that's probably one of my motivations for doing it I didn't have it when I was young and uh, this idea of mental health first it, to your generation that might seem like I'm just you know teaching grandma to suck eggs but to me that's actually quite a difficult thing for people of our generation to do we've been taught just to carry on and get on with it I think my generation has an awareness of it because a lot of pressures are put on us to do better do more and with the advent of social media and such we're reminded of how much we're not doing but it is an interesting one because a lot of people are still very cynical about whether or not mental health issues are a thing or how severe they are and early intervention is definitely a huge thing but trying to get help when you're younger uh, you know my first kind of serious bout was probably 14 to 16 trying to convince adults around me that I was suffering. No, it wasn't a thing. It was a teenage phase. So it's interesting because even though there is that awareness, there also isn't. And it's, it's Yeah, really I mean, I've been looking thing. at who's listening to the podcast and we do, we are getting some older people now. We're getting a big range of people. For uh, The first few was just people under 30. So listeners, you know, um, where you're coming from, have a think about this. If you are in my age group, then you are, you know, you've got to have a think like, am I am I acknowledging the younger generation? Am I acknowledging, am I just calling them a snowflake, for instance, and saying they can't cope? And all that snowflake has come from uh, our generation thinking you just have to get on with it and, and saying this doesn't exist, ADHD doesn't exist. And of course, our generation are in power now in inverted commas. So um, for the younger generation listening, think about that, you know, that you, you have got to factor in that the older generation don't have as much information. They don't acknowledge mental health in the same way that you do. 
to share um, my activity from my 361 which is uh, that you might want to do and you might want to just pause it if you're listening or do it another time it might be useful to you uh, uh, online with Jess has been talking a lot about prioritizing and saying that word quite a lot and um, it keys in with my activity which was how to order your life ordering it according to priorities so at, at times like this you've got to reorder your life so one of the ways you could do it is jot down how much time you're spending on things or how much money. So at the moment, probably time, because uh, we're spending less money in general, probably, although you might be spending a lot of money on drink. So you could take a few days and jot down everything, all that what you're spending your time on or what's spending your money on, both or just one. And then write, write out your core values. So with the 361 recovery, this is the first activity I ever do with anyone. So you put your name in the middle and you write round your core values around the outside. I've made mine into a poster. Just to give you some examples, I have things like kindness, education, truth, knowledge. Uh, and you can have anything. I've got God in there. I've got spirituality. Uh, you might have making money if that's really what floats your boat. Family, friends, uh, maybe you don't care about truth, you know. So you do your own. And then you actually look at your time and motion study that you've done of yourself and you see how much you've devoted to your core values. And it can be quite a shock. Now, one of the things that trips people up is they don't know their core values. So this is a really big thing. So if you start doing that, and you've got a blank page for your core values. This is the ideal time to map that out. So if you are a young person and you don't know your core values, you're going to struggle in life because every decision you make is going to be thrown out like pissing into the wind. You know, you, you just, you're just doing it and you don't know why. But if you could start to think about your core values, and this helps, you know, when you're going to choose a partner, actually. Um, yeah, you can, you can do this to see who you're sharing your life with, your friends, and you might have some real big disconnects with people, and it might be because you don't share the same core values so have a go at that see if what you're spending your time and your money on is actually reflected in your core values can be a bit of an eye-opener <laughs> i don't know yeah i was a lot younger then um, so we're on our final section now. And if you've been listening to a few of our podcasts, you'll know it's a bit of poetry. I think we've both struggled because neither of us write funny things. Uh, so you'll just have to take what you're given, as uh, mm. everybody's saying around the dinner table these days. So what you got for us, Jess? Okay, mine's to do with my little ritual with my cat. And um, I, yeah, I'm not really... a funny writer if I try funny it always comes out a bit dry so this is just a light one guys um this is called Saturday Night at the Movies the cat is disgruntled I started our ritual wrong he glowers at me and I'm on his side of the sofa I put a movie on to watch he petty paws clawing at my feet or my thighs as he feigns innocence while I call him out on his passive aggression with his butter-wouldn't-melt face, 
fixed firmly in place. I agonize over a stupid array of mundane things to watch. When he finally decides he's going to behave and be a good boy, I settle on a documentary, some, some art house piece, and I pretend I'll watch it as I inevitably fall asleep. That is fab. I love it. So, so tell me a bit more about your cat. Uh, okay, so I have, well, oh, he's yeah. not my cat. He's our landlady's cat. Um, he flew over from Qatar and he is massive as far as being, I forget how big he is until I meet other people's cats. And I'm like, they're so tiny. And they're like, no, it's a normal size cat. Oh, but he is losing weight. He's a good boy. But um, very people oriented. So at the moment, he is my alarm clock, my uh, guardian while I sew and everything else. Um, Luckily, because we're both home, he stopped doing the thing where he has to watch me pee, <laughs> which is a bit unnerving. Basically, like having a very verbal two-year-old follow you around the house, like babbling at you, which is kind of cool. Oh, God. We're giving the list some really good images here, aren't we? Now we've got this cat that's watching you pee. After you've sat on the tea towel in the bath to fill it up and then body butted yourself. And there's me trampolining over here, so... Oh, it gets better. Sometimes when me and my housemate are working a lot, he tries to get in the shower with me. That's always a weird Well, one. do you know what? I'm going to come clean. I don't have anything funny yeah. and I don't want to inflict anything else on anyone. I've got hundreds of poems. Um, none of them are funny. I, I've got several funny ones, but they're making fun of myself. and I, don't, I just don't, I'm just not feeling that vibe. So let me see if I can find a funny story for you instead. Um, I've got quite a few, so I'll just share a few funny stories instead. So I'm just going to go back to self-care. And these are some of the self-care things I used to do. Put self-care in inverted commas. Uh, drink in bed by filling a teapot with gin, melting love hearts on it and drinking it through the night out of a spout and then texting people with photo messages. <laughs> right, two. Feeding seagulls at my window. And then the flat people from the flat below used to come up and, and say those immortal words. Stop feeding the seagulls. It's against the law. But I like feeding birds. Um, three. When I went to Australia, I stayed with a mad auntie because madness runs in the family. And she said, let's, let's go swimming. And uh, she took me swimming at 5 a.m. in freezing cold water in Sydney in winter, in their winter. And then forced me to eat uh, to drink carrot juice for health and that my fourth self-care I've left the best till last uh, getting my ribs tattooed which is like the most painful thing that's ever happened to me going home uh, going to this guy I was dating who's a hairdresser who bleached my hair and and then I had um, I also had a lot of whiskey and then I had this really weird kind of you know when you have those moments of clarity where I was in agony with my rib I had my head over the bath the bleach had got into my eyes <laughs> and I thought what am I doing <laughs> so yeah they were all my self-care and in inverted commas that I used to do which which wasn't really self-care was it Jeff? Well hair dyeing and self-reinvention I think is something like I don't know because most of my friends who have mental illnesses also do it so it's one of those where 
I'm not entirely sure where the line is between crazy me and sane me making that decision to reinvent myself happens. But yeah, it's been tempting to dye my hair blue again while I'm stuck at home. You know what I mean? Things like yeah, that. Yeah, well, maybe maybe we're normal. coming up to our next podcast about hair, you know, and, we, and you know we can play that song by Lady Gaga. But, but um, we, I think hope we've made you laugh everybody today at uh, even if it's at our expense we don't mind do we Jess um, and uh, with 361 Lifeline we've got a really good track to finish one of my favourites Road to Nowhere and you've got to admit this is the, the track not only for dancing naked but actually pretending you're on a horse because it's got that dum da dum da dum so, yeah, you could really go for it and just go, just dance around your flat, pretending to sort of be a cowboy or girl. Um, and just to let you know that um, I'm offering free life coaching at the moment with no catch. So it's just one a week for three weeks. There's no kind of sign on or you've got to pay after that or anything. It will just stop because I've I've. Um, don't know about you, Jess, but I've kind of held back from doing any special offers in this time because I don't want people to think that I'm profiting from it. Um, so it's literally just um, if you'd like to have yeah. the uh, the life coaching one Skype a week for three weeks, you can get in contact with me on the website 361lifesupport.co.uk. Are you going to take it up, Jess? I definitely am. Free, free life coaching sounds brilliant and That'd definitely like so something I'd like to have a crack at. It is, it is an interesting concept. I've never great. done it before. So, so anyone yeah, else? Uh, it's only it's women only um, or people identifying as female. And uh, don't start complaining to me now, all of you. That's just what I'm going to do and that's it. Uh, so, yeah, um, if you uh, if you would like... See, I'm sticking with what I know. That's my premise for having it uh, female only. Um, please get in, in touch. And we hope that you might try some of the activities that we've shared with you today. We had known as 10 ways uh, struggling and coping mechanisms. Uh, we've got Zara's bath, Tina's music, um, my naked music, bleaching your hair, shaving your body parts, uh, the naked horse riding dance, Jess. Here we go. Yes, let's lady Godiva our way. <laughs> <laughs>